1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown.
2: Welcome in. Welcome in to the latest edition of the High Stakes uh, RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown here on the FFPC YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. Or, of course, if you're downloading on RotoViz or anywhere else you get your podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and downloading. I am your host, Eric Balkman, of course, from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. And the FFPC. And speaking of the FFPC, a couple of great things going on there right now. Two big flagship events. The main event, which you can register for now at myffpc.com. You can win a $1 million grand prize in that, as well as the Fantasy Pros Championship. $1 million grand prize being given away for the first time ever in our company's history. Just a $350 entry fee for that. Um, I don't know if you saw the FFPC mailer from early Thursday this morning. Uh, Earlier Thursday morning, this morning, um, we had talked about how, based on our historical uh, guide and our projections, we're probably going to hit 16,500, maybe 17,000 in that contest. So, it does represent a pretty good value for all of you who want to jump in and take your swing at a $1 million grand prize. We only have basically 10 days of drafting left, and then it is over until 2024. So, make sure you're taking your shot. At either of those million dollar grand prizes. Of course, the best ball tournament's going on strong at myffpc.com, the FFPC best ball tournament, as well as the FFPC Superflex best ball tournament two, which uh, we just launched a couple of days ago because the first one filled up. So we got the Superflex best ball tournament two filling up right now. $35 entry fee, a $10,000. Grand prize in that. And if you want to play fantasy football year round, you can do so with the FFPC Dynasty Leagues at myffpc.com. $100 all the way up to $5,000 for the entry fees there. So you can register for those at myffpc.com and play fantasy football every single day of the year, which is what we really all want anyway, right? Uh, also, uh, should mention that if you want to play in a closed 12-team league, you can do so for just $5. Play against 11 other players in a best ball classic, whatever you want, at MyFFPC.com. Without further ado, let's bring in tonight's guest. Uh, you know him as a 20-time winner, a 20-time league champion in the FFPC main event, the Fantasy Pros Championship, FFPC Dynasty Leagues, FFPC Satellite Leagues. Pretty much everything we have to offer, this dude has won one of those leagues. You follow him on x.com at Siegel 11 Please welcome onto the road of his high stakes Slowdown, Mr. Josh Siegel. Josh, welcome in, man. What's up, bulky? One week till football, baby. Here we go. So how excited are you knowing that you've been, and you've been a hardcore drafter over the course of the last several months? How, how do you, is it bittersweet knowing that you can only pound in a few more drafts from now until the start of the season, knowing that, the you know week from today like a week from right now we're watching the chiefs and the lions
3: you know i think there, everything has to come to an end sooner or later right um mm-hmm. been a great off season i i feel really good about a lot of my teams i'm not diversifying as much this year which i'm really
2: happy about right now why you know, is why is that why would you not diversify
3: I am, but to an extent, you know. I got my core guys I like in each round, and I'm sticking to it, man. Either I'm going to win it all or lose it all,
2: right? <laughs> and this is this is a this is a departure from the way you've done it in the past. What what was the cause for the departure for doing this?
3: I'm always a year early. I think's the, the reason. <laughs> and uh, you know, a few of the guys I, I drafted two years ago blew up last year, and same thing the year before. So I'm going to stick to the mantra. I'm staying with the same guys, and they're going to blow it up this year. So let's
2: uh, see if I'm right. I think as we get into the show tonight, and we'll kick things off, we're going to go through running backs, tight ends. We're going to get through some receivers as well. I think these are all going to have a common theme as players that you have, you have drafted or either looked at longingly in your drafts to see if you can get them on your teams. And we'll kick things off with James Cook. Now, Farrell Elliott, my co-host on the High Stakes Fantasy Football on uh, on Fridays, he always makes fun of me because every single time we have a guest on, I always ask about the Bills running back situation. This is not a new thing for 2023. I've been doing it for 2022, 2021, 2020, and beyond. So I'm going to ask you this year, James Cook's ADP, are you surprised that it hasn't ascended higher? Because this is a, a team that really did not do a whole lot in the NFL draft. Did a little bit in free agency, obviously, with James Harris. Yet James Cook is still standing as a 5-6 turn right now. He is going at the end of the fifth round, running back 21. Is this a buying opportunity? Why are people not hopping all over this value with James Cook? Or what am I missing here?
3: Well, I was kind of wondering with the question you sent me earlier, did you look at all my ownership? You must I, You know, Cook I
2: support. can't confirm or deny that. I may have taken a peek, but I'll leave it at that.
3: So James Cook specifically love the talent. And uh, let's give a shout out to Darren Armani and Mojo because fantasymojo.com, amazing tool. I use it as guidance as a lot of us, you know, high stakes pros you do. And uh, I was the person that shifted the ADP, I'm proud to say. So he was going uh, main event, early eighth, late seventh as an ADP. I took him at 6.5. I took him almost a full round early. And you look a month or so later. He's he's going in the fifth round. So I like to be a shifter in ADP. And this this time I certainly was.
2: Yeah, f- fantastic job by that. But and like, and I'll tell you this, I don't think you've shifted it enough. I still think you should be going on like you have two running backs that are not battling for the one the A job in Buffalo. You have two running backs that are battling for the two A and the two B in Latavius Murray and, and Damian Harris. James Cook has this locked up. Now I guess that you what would give you pause, right? Is Josh Allen's rushing prowess, especially around the goal line, but to me, I think that's and I can't remember who is who is xing this, not tweeting it out, but who is xing this out earlier. You know, goal line stuff is so it's unpredictable. You know what I mean? And if that's the case, then you, we should be putting our emphasis on the more stickier stuff like volume, like targets, like receptions, and that stuff that all J- that James Cook should all have under his belt this year.
3: You know, we all have a lot of information at our li- at our disposal, right? For mm-hmm. me. I like to use my eyes. You watch this kid. He looks electric. He's different than everybody else. He had what? 120 touches last year. (laughs) Imagine what this guy can do with double those touches, which he's going to get this year. He's going to have that opportunity. The bills are telling you right away what what they think of him. They haven't made any splash moves. Latavius Murray, Damian Harris. Sure. There's to get through, right? This guy's Mm going to touch the ball 200 times. I predict 60 catches, and those are low end or mid mid RB2 numbers with RB one upside. And for somebody that you can get or could have gotten in the eighth round, absolute steal. Now, uh, you're right. I think he's trending to where he should be going the whole time, but I'm on it. And uh, you know, he's also one of my top buys in dynasty this offseason. Yeah. Um, I recall trade. I, I did uh Rashad White's. And uh, the guy's like, oh man, I need to get uh, more on top of it. And I said, look at Fantasy Mojo. White's going a round ahead of James Cook. You need to pay me something. The offer <laughs> comes in. He included a second round pick, snap accept. Now he's laughing.
2: Exactly. We'll see
3: what here, but, you know, going on with my guys, man. He's one of my guys.
2: He is one of your guys this year for sure. He's one of a lot of people's guys, just not enough guys in it. And we'll see what happens when we get to Planet Hollywood and Las Vegas next week. To see where these guys are, where a guy like James Cook is going. I still think it's going to be higher, but. Remains to be seen. Jacksonville is another interesting team uh, this year. Now maybe they they don't have the elite offense that Buffalo does, but even if they don't, they're they're like a half notch away. Like with Evan Engram and obviously Ridley and Christian Kirk and and all those guys uh, there. Trevor Lawrence. It's 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 a offense that is loaded for bear. The backfield I think is compelling here because we've had a lot of people talk about Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby. Like ever since like um, I don't want to say like um, the NFL draft. But definitely since Jacksonville drafted him, there was a refrain of, of like, you got to watch out for Bigsby. And then he started turning heads at training camp. And now you look at his ADP in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Again, shout out to Darren Armani at FantasyMojo, FantasyMojo.com, a great website to subscribe to if you're playing in the FFPC. Travis Etienne running back 12 at the 403 at, um, and, and Tank Bigsby running back 40 at the 1004. So you're looking at about six rounds of ADP separating them. Josh, based on what you've seen in Jacksonville this year with both Bigsby and ETN, is Bigsby now the buy because ETN has gotten too expensive? Um, I don't know if you'd make the case for drafting both of them on one team. Uh, How do you fall in on this Jacksonville running back situation and how you're attacking it if you have multiple high-stakes teams?
3: You know, maybe this is just my philosophy. I know some others like Chad Schroeder have the same mindset of not handcuffing your own guys. Mm -hmm. I don't like doing that. And, Let's uh, hopefully this doesn't bite me in the butt. I have zero percent uh, Bigsby shares. ETN's a guy I absolutely love. Again, I was maybe a year early. I know he uh, got started early or later in the season, but his college quarterback, now his professional quarterback, they've got a bond. He's going to see the field a lot. He's also getting goal line touches. I'm sure everyone saw Bigsby in his first goal line carry fumbles the ball. So that's mm-hmm. not a way to just you know jump into. Um, you know, his his shares. So I feel really good about ETN this year as a dual threat. I'm buying him all day long as a low end RB1. I've gotten him in the fourth round, I've gotten him in the fifth round, and I've jumped for joy when I got him in the fifth round or the f- third round, fourth round, and jumped for joy in the fifth. So I got him everywhere.
2: Is there a reason that you're staying? I mean, is the love for ETN with you so strong that you're staying away from Bigsby? Because you're not getting ETN in every single draft. Is there something to be said if you don't if you miss on ETN maybe somebody drafts him too early or something yeah. like that? Is there something to be said for Bigsby later in a draft where you don't have ETN?
3: You know, great question, and you're probably right. I probably should be you know hedging my bets a little bit there. But uh, whenever he's you know, and let's see, Bigsby is going what tenth round, eleventh yes. round.
2: Mm-hmm. I have other
3: guys that I like there, and uh, just unfortunately, I don't have a share of him for that reason.
2: I was in uh, Louisville this past weekend for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, drafting a bunch of teams down there. Um, and I got one share of a guy that I had not drafted at all this season. I have him on a couple of dynasties, never found the right deal to move him out. I'm not a huge fan of him. And it took everything in my being to, I, I begrudgingly drafted J.K. Dobbins in, in this draft, Josh. And I don't feel great about it, um, but he is going right now. As a result of a lot of people not liking him, he's falling past the top 20 running backs. He's running back 22. He's going off the board in the sixth round. Nobody's taking Well, we shouldn't say nobody, but on average, he is not going in the first 60 picks of the draft. J.K. Dobbins, can you make a good case? Can you give me some reasons of why FFPC players should be investing in this guy at the 5-6 turn of their fantasy pros or main event drafts this year?
3: Sure. Kind of goes back to the eyes. Two years ago, he didn't look right. And uh, especially early last season, he got that other surgery. And uh, again, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but the last five or six games, I think he averaged north of six yards a carry. He was heavily involved and uh, he looked different,
0: mm-hmm. different
3: player and a dynamic player at that. So they bring in a new offensive coordinator. They're going to spread out. They're going to throw the ball to the running back. I've, I've drafted him in the main event in the fifth round. I've drafted him in the main event in the sixth round. I've dropped him in the main event in the seventh round.
4: And
3: he's a guy that I don't even know if I should be admitting this. I own 100% of J.K. Dobbins at the moment. So a little scary, but I just believe so much in his ability to explode and be a difference maker. And I'm taking the discount. I'll take the RB1 and potentially a a guy that I see finishing top 10 in that offense. Gus Bus and there's just no one else there that I'm worried about. And uh, I think the team believes in him.
2: Are you a, a fan – like, is it better for J.K. Dobbins this year to have a guy who loves passing the ball so much from Georgia out of T- uh, Todd Monkin? Is it better for Dobbins to have a guy like him this year as his OC as opposed to Greg Roman last year, who didn't really like throwing the ball, but he did like giving the ball to his running backs quite a bit? Which is better for him for fantasy? Is it is it the, the running offensive coordinator or the passing one?
3: I believe a lot of us are excited to see the Ravens this year. It's going to be a new Ravens team. The Ravens of the past, and nothing against you know Greg and his offenses, but they're boring, man. And uh, this is going to be dynamic. It's going to be different. It's fast pace, and I think it's exactly the recipe of supporting J.K. Dobbins. He's he's going to explode, guys. So hey, you got one share, Eric. Grab a few more, buddy. You'll be. Good. I
2: might probably all have to at this point. Like you're you're convincing me. Um, and like and like the thing is, like one share is fine, but like man, multiple shares would be a lot better. Uh, with Dobbins, just to take a look to see how that uh, plays out for, for me this year. Um, okay, let's move on. We've been talking about running backs. I want to shift the focus to tight ends right now. Darren Waller is a player that over the last two or three weeks has ascended um, to being the tight end three in fantasy right now, above TJ Hawkinson, behind both Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Darren Waller, give me the case, Josh Siegel, why he needs to be the third tight end off the board in main event drafts in the fantasy pros drafts as we approach the start of the NFL season.
3: Another guy that I'm very sad has gone up so much. And, uh, you know, I got some sixth round shares in the 350s and some, some late fifths. And uh, now if you want him, you're going to have to grab him potentially at the 2-3 turn. And to me, it's a little rich, but you know what? I think the everything lines up with his ability, you know, what he can do if he stays healthy. Because uh, I read somewhere every time he's gotten over 50% of the snaps, he explodes and he's always a top five tight end. So, you know, you look at that, the discount is because he's injury risk, right? So we all know if the guy's healthy, he's on the field, he's competing with Kelsey. He's competing with Andrews and he's probably should be ahead of Hawkinson Um, Hawkinson and Waller are kind of neck, neck and neck to me. Um, I'm really hit or miss if I want to go tight end early or not. in some of these drafts, just because I have some guys I like later on that I feel are some pretty good values. It really just has, depends on how the draft goes and, I'm kind of one of those guys, see what falls to me, but also still get my guys.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's the case, right? Like if, if you like getting an early tight end, but you're not married to it, then you just kind of let the draft fall to you. And if it doesn't fall, to, like that happened to me this past weekend where I like getting an early tight end for sure. I want to get one of the elite ones. But if it doesn't happen and it doesn't line up for me, then I'll grab some other guys later on, like just based on how the draft falls to me. And one of those players, I don't think I ever drafted him as a starting tight end this past weekend, but I definitely drafted him as a backup in a lot of spots. And another guy that's moving up the boards is Green Bay's Luke Musgrave. A um, lot of hype going on with him right now. His his coaches, front office has been talking him up. Jordan Love has been talking him up, saying how he wants to get the ball to as much as, as possible. The Packers really haven't a, haven't, a, they haven't had a great tight end. And I, I shouldn't use the word great because he got cut down by an injury, but JerMichael Michael Finley is probably the closest thing to that. Um, you know, this is a more talented guy than Robert Tanya and more talented guy than Bubba Franks. The list goes on and on uh, in green Bay. Um, your thoughts on Musgrave, the hype right now is, is he going to meet that production or is his production going to meet the hype? You're looking at Luke Musgrave moving all the way up to tight end 18 at the 1208 being drafted as a backup tight end. How is Musgrave's season going to play out? Josh.
3: Ball, it's exciting times to be a Packers fan, man. I think Love it has a connection with some of these guys. And, you know, it's similar to how Rodgers did it. It's hard to compare the two, but he's been sitting behind and he's been ready. And I know the reports are pretty solid. I'm heavily invested in the Packers this year. And Luke Musgrave's another guy. I feel like I started shifting ADP. And I recall one time, I think it was 13th round in the main event. And I was like, his ADP is 16th. I got him in the 18th. Let's get our guy. And now he's going to think in the 12th. So um, you know, it's it's just get your guy season, man.
2: It is get your guy season. And I was talking about this today, um, on uh, John Hansen's Sirius XM show, and he's he asked me, he's like, you know, is there is there a benefit to waiting right now and drafting and maybe waiting a few days before the the start of the season, I said, number one, there's no benefit to waiting ever because you can always cash in on value. Number two, I think the only thing that's going to change, and Josh, you're an expert with, with high stakes fantasy football. The only thing that's really going to change at this point, the last week and a half of drafting season, is just people wanting to diversify their own shares. Like people having like... The first or second overall pick. And then when it comes, you know, taking either Jefferson or, or Chase, or maybe taking an AJ Brown, which I've seen, or a Jalen Hurts, which I've seen, or somebody later on in the first round just to mix it up a little bit. And then when it comes back to them in the second or third, they're taking like fourth and fifth round picks, right? to try to mix it up a little bit. I think that's really the only thing that changes from here on out is the way people feel about a certain player, not necessarily that we're going to get any news about certain players that are going to be difference makers this year. Is that historically how it's been in your draft at this time of year specifically?
3: You know, it's pretty comical because you have uh, a little report come out here and there and a guy moves up three or four rounds. It's it's pretty comical. Um, I I recall uh, they were talking about him, uh, Musgrave, doing jet sweeps. You never see a tight end do a jet sweep. You do with this guy, and (laughs) that report comes out. Now he's going in the 12th or 13th round. So, yeah, there's always bargains, there's always buys, but unfortunately, uh, as soon as the beat writers come out with some information, those bargain windows close pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Um, Let's move on here and and talk a little bit about um, uh, another tight end that you know besides Musgrave, and and a guy that is on an offense that is probably going to be pretty bad this year. Um, but he still could uh, achieve some fantasy value, and, and he's been being selected in, in drafts You know, later on. Trey McBride, I know you've drafted him several times this year. What kind of numbers do you think he's going to put up with? God knows who the quarterback is going to be, and God knows how the team is going to be. Like, I feel like we're drafting a little bit blind with Trey McBride, but at least he's a late-round pick. Your thoughts on his prowess this year?
3: He was somebody that was actually going, I think, quite a bit earlier um, this summer, and with the news of Ertz potentially come, you know, starting the season and not being on the pup moved, you know, I think flip-flop those two guys and in, in the, their ADP, I don't have it in front of me, but I do believe Ertz is going ahead of McBride at the moment. I think that's incorrect. Uh, you know, we're always getting the FOMO of of people, you know, not missing out on certain things, right? And one thing we got to all recall is uh, he was the first tight end drafted two years ago. And yeah. I know we had an in- incredible tight end draft this last year with, Laporta and, and, and mayor and Musgrave to name a few, but uh, you know, McBride I'm in Colorado. So I watched quite a bit of uh, Ramsey games and, you know, he, we're all excited for him. You know, we, we don't have a lot of talent coming out here in, in Colorado, but uh, he was somebody that I've been following for a while and I like the talent. Um, the yeah, opportunity is definitely there this year. Uh, again, another guy, I believe got some, you know, some action at the end of the year. And uh, I like him, especially if you can grab him in the 15th round plus. I
2: think that's a smart move. Yeah, I think it is a smart move, and like we're always looking for tight end value, right? In 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 these drafts, and and I think it's wrong too. I just looked at it too. I, I'm surprised that Ertz actually is going a few picks ahead of McBride. Um, I don't know if it was the injury that was depreciating Zach Ertz this this whole drafting season, but I I don't realize I, I don't see a reason why he should be going ahead of McBride. It's a young man's game. Is is this mm-hmm. NFL and, and I'd definitely rather have McBride several rounds, quite frankly, ahead of Zach Ertz. So that doesn't make sense to me. Let's let's try and correct it. You're the ADP shifter. We'll we'll put you on that task uh tonight, Josh, to make sure that McBride moves ahead of Zach Ertz. Uh wide receivers here. Uh this is a guy. I don't know. I mean, I know you're a Broncos fan. I don't know if you're a Jerry Judy fan specifically, especially when it comes to fantasy. Um, but given his injury, it, it's, it's, he's kind of a polarizing player right now. I look at the mojo on him over the last uh, two days, 48 hours, where basically nothing has happened on Jerry Judy. His earliest pick has been the 509. His latest pick has been the 806. It's pretty crazy when you think about it that this is almost three rounds of difference for a player that we, we, there shouldn't be any reason that his value is shifting this much. Wide receiver 33 on average right now. What's the proper way to handle a guy like Jerry Judy, knowing what we know right now on the last day of August?
3: So hamstring injuries are pretty scary for wide receivers. And I'm sure we're all aware Cooper Cup just had a setback. Here's the thing I look at buying windows and yeah, I'm a Jerry Judy fan. I have a decent amount of shares of him in late third, fourth round and maybe one early fifth, but uh, he's a guy that I I did diversify a little bit on him just because there are some really good other options in the fourth round third and fourth round uh, but I do believe right now is a good opportunity to, to grab him depending on how long you believe he's going to be out if you're asking me I think he misses two games and mm-hmm. I think the Broncos are going to be pretty smart I'm, I'm pretty excited to be a Broncos fan this year it was a dumpster fire last year low scoring offense I think in the history of the game I mean it cannot get worse so having a coach come in that's holding his, his players accountable is something I like and uh there there's you know something to be said about russell wilson and i think his uh his percentage of completion is going to go up i could see it being 68 to 70 percent they're going to run more jet sweeps they're going to run more screen bubble screens slants and i think they're going to get the ball in his hands he's the playmaker they have but another broncos receiver that not enough people are talking about is mims and you know he's the first draft pick in you know the Peyton uh, era and they moved up to get him. So that says a lot about the guy. And I watched him play at Oklahoma. And he's a dynamic player. He's a he'll, he's a ball hawk. He'll go out and get the ball from you. But he's also a good route runner. So I do see him as, a you know, somebody that's going to be able to step in right away. Maybe not Jerry Judy production. But, you know, your question is, is he a bargain? Yeah, I'll, I'll draft him in the sixth and seventh round right now. Because uh, I do believe missing two games, you're, you're drafting Kamar in the seventh round and he's missing three. So, right. you
2: know, yeah. I, and I think that's interesting now the, the difference is suspension versus injury. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think oftentimes we, we hear these preseason injuries and we hear ah, four to six weeks or six to eight weeks or whatever. And we forget to count the weeks actually in the preseason that they're missing, um, which we're, we're I think a lot of people are doing with Jerry Judy. I actually drafted him a couple of times as my number four receiver this past weekend. I feel all right about it. Um, because if I can weather the storm the first few weeks, and quite frankly, who can't weather the storm the first few weeks of a fantasy season? If you can't, you probably should find a different hobby. Um, if that's the case, then I can find uh, start putting Jerry Judy in my lineup in late September, early October and feel pretty good about it as long as the matchup's good. Let me ask you this about uh, – and and we had a couple of questions in the YouTube chat. A famous and love stars, I promise I'm going to get to you. But before that, I want to ask you just about the Broncos in general. I, I'm actually buying in on a bounce-back season for the Broncos given that um, – the regression of the mean, number one, I don't think they can play as bad as they did last year. And I think Sean Payton is a significant improvement over Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach there. Nathaniel Hackett, who obviously had some pretty good seasons in Green Bay, but as the OC, not as the head coach, I think he's going to be all right in New York. But I think Denver's in a really good spot here. The problem for me uh, this year is they're in the same division as Kansas City and the Chargers. You know, I, I think they're going to be good. It's just a matter of how good, right? How are you seeing the Broncos this year as a whole for fantasy?
4: That's unified U N I F Y D healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the unified healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: I'm pretty optimistic most of the time, but I also got to be a realist and, uh, Last year was probably the worst year I could ever remember watching Bronco football, and I'm talking, you know, I, I went, I've been through the the Brian Greasy days and, and the Tim Tebow days, much as people thought that was great, but uh, this this is the, a time I think we can be excited because we have accountability. Mm-hmm. There's been no accountability in the past, and when you have a coach that you trade a first round pick for, which ooh, crazy, uh, but it's happened in the past. It happened with John Gruden, and what happened? They won a Super Bowl. So I got to believe that, you know, we're putting ourselves in a spot to make the right decisions. We're looking at this as a marathon and not a sprint, but I still think we're evaluating Russell Wilson as a quarterback. And uh, I do know looking at the cap table that the Broncos have the ability to get out from under him after this season. So there's pressure on him. Mm -hmm. I do believe also, and I'm saying, I believe a lot because I'm being confident uh, that uh, Russell Wilson is going to have a bounce back year. He couldn't do any worse than last year, but I do See them having a, a faster-paced offense, having more of a, a run-to-pass balance, and you know, really uh, putting our receivers in routes that lets Russell Wilson win and just get him out of the pocket, man. He's mm-hmm. not a pocket passer. Let him do Russ. Let Russ cook.
2: What about uh, the, the questions we're getting in the chat right now? And the first one I'll, I'll throw up uh, to Famous Jay. This might be an easy or maybe a hard one for you uh, here, Josh tonight. He uh, he writes, uh, "Hey, Josh, how many FFPC teams?" Do you plan on drafting this season? I know you have a bunch already. And I don't I don't know, do you go in with sort of a, a number in mind or, or are you just logging into the site at night after your day's done? You're seeing which drafts are on red that you can pop into that, that are close to filling. How do you handle that every year?
3: I'm wondering if that's a question that my wife put someone up to asking. <laughs> so, hmm, three drafts, yeah. <laughs> that's um, it. You know, Honey,
2: I limit out at three. That's it.
3: I have a, I usually have a number in mind, and um, again, I I, tra- I track my uh, my stats, and for me, I'm pretty competitive, so you know I like to have a, a 30% win clip, and if I'm if I'm going underneath that, I'm I'm, I'm drafting too many teams. So mm. as long as I'm staying kind of within my my success window of of dynasty and and, and you know the football guys and uh, or sorry the fantasy pros, and then now the, the main events. So I've I've done a few main events, and then I have uh, four live drafts in Vegas. And uh, an option draft coming up here. Oh, next that's
2: week. gonna be fun. Very fun for sure. Um, and speaking of next week, you know, obviously we'll be drafting teams and we'll be setting our lineups. You have the pleasure of answering the first lineup setting question of the season from Love Stars on YouTube. Do you recommend we start or sit Brees Hall week one? Khalil Herbert and Samanjay Pirine could be other options. Brees Hall is at home monday night uh in week one against the buffalo bills uh they are a home dog in that game uh then you're looking at khalil herbert who's at home but a one point favorite against the green bay packers defense uh samaj p ryan that first week you probably already know they're hosting the uh, las vegas raiders they are four point favorites in that game what would you do if those were the three options presented to you based on what you know right now for week one josh siegel
3: all right, love stars. Don't uh, totally quote me on this. Um, I feel it's like an easy question. I'm going to watch Brees Hall play football first before I do anything. I need to watch him play. I need to make sure he's somewhat healthy. I'm also curious what his usage is. But you also have Dalvin Cook who hasn't got a lot of practice time either. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to avoid that situation for at least a week. There's a guy that I absolutely love week one, and it's Samaje Piran. And it's not because I'm a Broncos fan. It's because I use my eyes. Javante Williams doesn't look right, ladies and gentlemen. He isn't healthy. I know he's getting pushed up draft boards because I love it. I can get Samaj P. Ryan, the number one running back for the Broncos in the ninth and 10th round. He is going to be a guy that isn't a sexy name. He's not maybe going to be a guy that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have Samaj P. Ryan on my fancy team but you're going to win some money with Smudgy P.
4: Ryan.
2: <laughs> and so Williams, so it's interesting because like I started off as a P Ryan guy this, this year, because I thought the Williams knee injury was devastating. But what confused me was that for a guy who, who is playing such a big part of their future, there a guy they should be bringing along slowly. Sean Payton announces, yeah, he's going to start training camp on time. And then he says, yeah, he's going to play in the first preseason game. And then he says, yeah, he's going to get 12 snaps in the first preseason game. And then we see him not only get 12 snaps, we, we see him get more than 12 snaps, five, uh, five uh, targets. He catches four of them. He gets a couple of carries as well. To me, like it, my brain tells me like this guy is recovering from a catastrophic knee injury and he shouldn't be doing what he's doing right now. But then I, I see with my eyes on the field, he is doing what he's supposed to be doing. And if the Broncos are playing him right now, to me, that gives me a lot of confidence about drafting this guy, who I still believe has a depressed value right now. He's, he's gone up a little bit. He's still at the 508, so that mid to late fifth round uh, running back 18 off the board. We know what he did last year with, with a healthy knee. But, Josh, you're still saying, like, even with all this positivity, exercise caution because – to your eyes he does not look like the player he was last year.
3: Yeah, you know, I know we can't all have 100% fade guys. He's a 100% fade guy for me and there's, or there's as close as,
2: as close as you can come to a 100% yeah, fade guy
3: and, guy. and there's a couple of reasons why. Um the, the local radio just says he looks sluggish and I, I've yeah, you're right. He got a lot of usage in those in those preseason games, but How good did he look? How many yards Mm -hmm. did he get per carry or per catch? I think he had five catches for like 15 yards or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but he is somebody that I don't feel is dynamic enough with his running style. He wants to be aggressive. He wants to run you over. And he wants to do things that I don't believe, you know, can be a successful running back with, with his, his type of injury. Could he be good next year? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this follows the jk dobbins story right jk dobbins last year he's he's healthy he's going to practice on time he's going to get out there we all know what happened with jk dobbins you invested in him you got screwed you couldn't even play him and uh i feel like the similar thing's going to happen he, he's going to be someone maybe he doesn't go back on the pup or have another surgery like dobbins does i just don't think you're going to be excited to start him every week because there is going to be a 50 50 share between those running backs
2: and, and similar to Dobbins, you would say, because you're on Dobbins this year, you'll probably be on Javante Williams in 2024, right? You know it, baby. <laughs> Get back to the wide receivers here. This is interesting. This is kind of a two-fold question. Number one, uh, Sean McVay said today that, that Cooper Cup experienced a setback um, still think he's going to be okay for the start of the season, but this is a thirty-year-old wide receiver we're talking about with soft tissue injuries, so you don't take anything for granted. So I want you to comment on that. Where you, you know, whether he's still a, a decent buy in the late first round, which is I'm sure where he's going to go over the next week or so. Your thoughts on Cup, and then your favorite non-Cooper Cup Los Angeles Rams receiver to draft this year, Josh?
3: Sure, and I don't know what it is, but you guys keep giving me draft picks five, six, seven. <laughs> In that range, so you're always
2: in the middle, you're always in the middle.
3: And, and you're forcing me to draft Cooper Cup in the first round in every one of them.
2: So yeah, I'm a little overweight on cup. Well, okay, but um, if you're overweight on cup, isn't it easier to fade him now with this injury?
3: I think you're totally spot on with that. And he is gonna fall, he is gonna go late first, early second, and it's a buying opportunity as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. And there's risk with everyone. There's in- It's we're playing NFL football, so people are gonna get hurt. You can't draft based upon injury. And I know he was hurt last year. He had a setback in training camp. He's had another setback yesterday. It's it's not sunshine and rainbows with Cooper Cup. But the people that are the risk takers are the ones that win all the money, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. And and uh, if you are one of those risk takers, getting a guy right like Cooper Cup and getting him maybe a round later than where he should be going could be a million-dollar decision. Not saying it will be, but it could be a million-dollar really decision. And as far
3: crazy. as the Rams' wide receivers that I like outside of him, I've been on Van Jefferson quite a bit this year, but uh, I know he's I know he's somebody that Stafford hasn't played a ton with, and uh, they really love this this rookie uh, Puka, Puka
4: Nakua, yeah.
3: And uh, I, I'm I'm grabbing him in the 19th and 20th round, and I think some people are seeing me pick him up, and now he's going to the 17th and
2: 18th round. So, That's how it always works, man. That's how it, it always is, works. But, um, uh,
3: yeah, I think he's a I think he's a really good value to grab and. Uh, We all know the Rams are going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be playing from behind, and I think it makes a lot of sense to try to grab another receiver. And I do have uh, some of my cup teams I have Jefferson on and some of my cup teams I got Niku on. So I have Mm. somewhat diversified there. It's called wide receiver handcuffing, with I'm okay with. Running back handcuffing, eh.
2: I think, um, yeah, that's interesting to think about because I used to be a guy where if I draft a running back, man, I have to have his backup. I just, no matter what. Now, if I'm playing like in a closed 12 team league where I'm just trying to beat 11 other people and there's no benefit to trying to win a, you know, a a massive grand prize, then I'm just like, whatever. I'll I'll be more likely to draft the guy's backup because the variance is overrated in that point. But if I'm playing in a national contest where I got to beat thousands of other teams, yeah, I'm ignoring my own handcuffs. I'm trying to increase my variance by drafting other people's handcuffs in that format. And it's paid off. It, It has paid off big time. Uh, especially for FFPC players over the years. That is a strategy that that you have to adapt to. Um, There was another question I was going to ask you about the Rams. No, there wasn't. Let's move on. Talk about the Lions here for a second. The Lions, the darling of the NFL, opening up. The NFL season this coming Thursday against the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the guys who will not be on the field for them is their first-round pick from 2022, Jamison Williams, who obviously started off last season slow, recovering from the torn ACL in the national championship game when he was a member of the Alabama Cribs and Tide. And then this coming year, he will be out for the first six weeks for a gambling suspension. Um, I look at Jamison Williams right now as wide receiver 58. He's going at the end of the 12th round. I could go either way on this guy, Josh. I, you know, I, I could see just fading him because there's there's so much bad stuff, bad hoodoo that's been surrounding him since he entered the NFL. However, you know, there's there's some positives to look at, too, of like looking at like it's a suspension, right? It's, it's not a soft tissue injury. It was a torn ACL. We knew his first year was going to be rocky. Now he's back. So I think I could go either way on this guy. Which way should I be going with Jamison Williams in the late 12th when he's on the board?
3: Well, I I accepted a dynasty trade early this year, and the guy gave me an option. Do you want Jameson Williams or do you want DJ Moore for your first round pick? And not to sound overconfident, but I'm usually a late first round pick, and we both know those receivers are both drafted in the first rounds of of dynasty drafts. So I did take Jameson Williams, and I regret it. And uh, I've got some close friends that are big Lions fans, and they're screaming this guy's a bust. So. Mm I'm I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned at this point. Uh, you know, if we're talking my, my typical process, uh, I drafted him a lot last year thinking he's going to be on that million dollar team coming late in the season. And it never came to fruition.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, I have a few shares of him this year. He's dropping. So I might grab him, you know, what is he 13th, 14th round now? And I think, you know, that's a dark throat period time anyways. Uh, but when, you know, a lot of the leagues he was going nine, 10, and then the uh-huh. suspension moved
2: back, but
3: yeah, I'm, I'm lukewarm on him. I'll probably grab a few shares of him, but uh, I, I hate to say it, I think that shit might have sailed.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering that myself. Like, I was kind of kicking myself for not drafting him in Dynasty last year. Uh, and then based on how this offseason unfolded, I was kind of glad I didn't draft him. Uh, and, and I just I haven't come all the way back on that yet. You know, I, I think the, the fact that not only we've seen St. Brown do it in Detroit, catching all those passes, but Jameer Gibbs is going to catch a lot of passes this year. Sam Laporta, they obviously drafted to catch a lot of passes. So I don't not necessarily know how Jamison Williams is going to fit in a guy who, if he landed in the right situation without a torn ACL, without, you know, the gambling stuff, um, he might've been a, a a slam dunk, you know, one, a alpha type receiver situation he's in currently. He's not that not saying it couldn't develop, but, but right now it's, it's not looking great. Um second to last question i'm going to ask you one question after this but second to last question we've talked a lot about sleepers and fades tonight can you give us one more sleeper that you're going to try to get on every single one of your drafts could be an early round pick mid-round late round whatever you want and then a player that that you don't want to have anything to do with we've heard you talk about some of those players tonight can you give us one more that will not be on any josh siegel's team uh any of josh siegel's teams this year
3: sure so uh similar guy that now i was getting last round and he's moved up quite a ways was uh, was tank Dell Mm -hmm. Um, before the first preseason game. I think he was my notorious 20th round pick. And then of course we all saw him play and he's moved up. Um, I don't know. I'm not as thrilled about, you know, him with Nico there looking like the number one, but they're going to throw the ball a lot. You got Robert Woods. That's over 30 years old. I still like tank Dell as a guy that you should grab late and especially somebody that could put up some good PPR points later in the season. Um, Another guy I really have starting to draft is, uh, and I know he's not on a lot of people's radar, but it's Isaiah Spiller. Mm. And um, it, it's mainly because, man, Eckler's up there. We know he wanted more money. They, they kind of gave it to him. Somebody is going to evolve. And and obviously, they've got Joshua Kelly there, who's you know proven to be okay. But if you look at his stats, he's, he hasn't done anything special. Um so my, my family is, is from Texas a and They're, they're a diehard Aggie fans. So I watched a lot of Isaiah Spiller football and speaking to another guy, you know, a chain who I know is getting a bump in the last day with the, with the, with the news about Miami and specifically today about uh, Wilson going on IR. Uh, but yeah, Isaiah Spiller, I think has got some sneaky upside mainly because, you know, there's only really three running backs there. I know they got that other guy, Dotson, who's a rookie, but uh, Isaiah Spiller, I think is a good dart throw at the end. Um a guy that I'm not going to own. And, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go back to my Denver Broncos. It's, uh, it's Cortland Sutton. Um, mm. and I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm, I'm always right. Cause obviously I'm not. Uh, but three years ago when Sutton was going a round or two ahead of Jerry Judy, I thought people were nuts. And again, I used my eyes. The guy just doesn't separate. And there was news. He looks like DK Metcalf early in training camp and look with the, look at him with his shirt off. He's, he's ripped. But can the guy play football? And he just hasn't stayed that healthy. He hasn't done enough. I would draft Mims over Sutton if I had the choice at this point. So Um, it
2: is. No, and I think there's a lot of people that would probably agree with you on Mims versus Sutton, you know, even with the Judy injury, too. I think there's a a lot to be said for that. Um, I wanted to. um, This is a question I've only asked a few people, and and I want to throw this at you. Um, over the years, uh, you know, I've played with a lot of people in local leagues, family leagues, um, you know, friends leagues, office leagues, whatever. And I, I've I've moved past those for the most part, except for some private dynasties to play in like leagues like the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, stuff like that. Um, but I still run into people from time to time uh, where they're telling me, "Hey, I'm thinking about joining your FFPC league. I think about joining the Fantasy Pros or whatever." what do i need to know like what's like if i go into this like what's the one thing i have to get right in order to have a shot at the million dollar grand prize josh if somebody asked you that um where where they're new to it they've never played in the tournament before what kind of advice would you give them on on how to give yourself the best shot at winning that seven-figure grand prize
3: yeah and i i know it's competitive out there you know with some other you know things coming up but i play specifically with the ffpc because of the structure the format and uh, it's, it's really going for the home run swing. You know, you can win money, you can win your money back and then some by winning your league, but the way the structure is, and you know, most people are listening probably know you can win your league. You can finish second in your league, or you can, you know, if you finish first or second in your league, or if you win as the three or the four seed, you have a chance at that million dollar prize. Mm-hmm. And it's not about how you did in the regular season. And, and I think, what was it? Two years ago, Go bills went you know end to end. It's mm-hmm. just it's uncommon for that to happen. So yes. it's it's really exciting that you can turn three hundred fifty dollars legitimately into a million dollars. And and you said it early on in the show that there's a chance there's an overlay right now this year with the FFPC. So I thought I was done drafting, and I hope my wife's not listening, but I might
2: have to sneak <laughs> a couple. Of yeah, there there is a decent ROI in fantasy pros right now with uh, with that contest not expected to sell out. Um, and, and falling, you know, fairly fairly well short. I don't think we've ever – well, number one, we've never done a jump the way that we did this year with 20,000 teams, um, but we've never fallen if, if it – again, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just sure. – this is all projections and numbers and what we think is going to happen. But certainly, if you're thinking about getting in MyFFPC.com, that Fantasy Pros Championship, It's just 350 bucks, and you can turn it into a million dollars. Maybe Josh Siegel will be the $1 million grand prize winner this year. We don't know. No, I screwed up um, when I gave your Twitter before – Are you actually on X.com as sales recruiter underscore? Because I think I tagged you improperly on my tweets today.
3: I am. Yeah. And uh, you've had me on the show a couple other times. Yes, I have. That's what
2: irritated me because I should have gotten this right.
3: No, I I love being on there. So I've I've had a recruiting business for 15 years, which Mm -hmm. hence the at sales recruiter. Uh, I'm still a partner in it. But uh, my full-time gig is I run a CBD manufacturing facility, believe it or not. So
2: trying to find all my talents in one win. That's weird that you would do something like that in Colorado. I, it doesn't strike me as. Imagine that, right? <laughs> uh, are you still friends with Ian Rappaport? That's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that
3: picture. Yeah. So uh, funny story. I, uh, I went to the draft when I was living in Dallas at the time. And, you know, I convinced my partners to get me a couple of VIP tickets. And I was like, I'll wear a pre board shirt, you know, and get on TV. And I'm leaning right next to Ian Rappaport and he's, he's saying out of the side of his mouth, like, get the F away from me, kid. <laughs> uh I'm live on the air and uh you know I had to take that moment to get a picture man you only in that situation once
2: absolutely absolutely all right so Ian Rappaport if he follows at sales recruiter underscore on Twitter probably hasn't blocked by now but that's okay because we will still follow you at sales recruiter underscore good luck in all your dynasty leagues your fantasy pros your ffpc main event all your ffpc leagues this year so much uh, fun talking with you tonight uh and I learned a lot which is always important as well and I will see you out in Las Vegas in um, about a week from today or so. We'll probably be watching the yeah, the, uh, the Chiefs and Lions together.
3: Awesome, man! Look forward to it. Thanks,
2: everybody. Thank you. Josh there. Siegel, ladies and gentlemen, the sales recruiter himself, popping aboard the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown tonight, uh, offering some content and analysis on all his teams that he's formulated so far this year, and the teams he will continue to formulate going forward. Uh, I want to thank Josh Siegel for hopping aboard tonight. I want to thank the FFPC uh, Rotoviz and everybody who makes this uh, show possible. I want to remind everybody if you have not drafted in the FFPC main event, do so now at myffpc.com. We still have, uh, if you're watching this live, we have uh, a league going off in about 45 minutes, I think, with a few slots available. So make sure you're checking that out. And then Labor Day Draftathon kicks off tomorrow, uh, which is going to be huge. We're donating um, to a. Um, a charity the i think it was the breast cancer awareness association i'm gonna look it up right now because i don't want to butcher that it's very important but basically every single draft that we sell uh over um the the draft-a-thon weekend which begins tomorrow morning technically it begins at 12 30 a.m tonight um we are going to be donating 50 dollars to the breast cancer research foundation something that we do every single year so if you want to support a good cause and and maybe have some fun drafting some fantasy football teams at the same time. We encourage you to go to myffpc.com. Again, a $350 entry fee could win you a $1 million grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship this year. Also, uh, the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament, two going on at myffpc.com. Check those out. Dynasty Leagues, 1,500 plus over more than a decade. None have ever folded. entry fee all the way up to $5,000 entry fee. Check those out. Again, myffpc.com. And if this is the first time you're ever hearing this or seeing this video or hearing this podcast and you want to try out the FFPC, just plunk $5 in your account. $5 will get you a $5 league where you can draft the best ball, classic, whatever you wanted to do, uh, compete against 11 other people, win your way into some bigger contests. That's totally up to you myffpc.com is where to go uh this will conclude the off season of the RotoBiz high stakes Slowdown, starting on september 12th i believe september 12th uh which will be uh let's see here okay tentatively scheduled for september 12th we're going to try to do show at 10 o'clock that night i'll be getting back from las vegas that day so it might be a little problematic um, but we're going to try to go live at 10 o'clock with the next road of his High Stakes Lowdown. And we will be live every week throughout the NFL season at 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday nights. Don't forget about our live draft coverage that we're going to be doing over the course of the next week. Plus, check out uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, which returns on September 15th. And, of course, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on bettersports.com, as well as all the FFPC and Better Sports YouTube, uh, FF, uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, X, everything out there, channels. Uh, I had on tonight uh, Jack Miller from Establish the Run. We went two hours on final main event prep. He talked about the main event slow draft team that he's drafting. You can check that out at any of our channels as well as the Better Sports Network channels as well. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Good luck in all your leagues uh, going forward. We've got about a month or about a week, week and a half to go. Have fun. Enjoy it. Grab those last few drafts and uh enjoy week one when that kicks off in just a few days thank you so much for watching everybody for those of you in vegas i will see you here uh i will see you in las vegas shortly and uh, be good everybody enjoy your drafts may the ball bounce your way in 2023
1: thank you for listening to the high stakes lowdown a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast.